Tony DePoto Show, presented by Seattle Pump and Equipment on Seattle Sports. 21 wins in a month, Jerry, just like you drew it up. How do you win 21 games in a month? I, I wish I knew. <laughs> I think we'd go ahead and coin the formula and reapply it for, for September and take it from there. What uh, what was that like as a as as the architect of it, watching your team win twenty one games in one month? What does that feel like? Probably just the way it felt for the fans, and you know, I know Scott felt the same way. When you get on these rolls, just enjoy it. It's so much fun, and you know, I I think I said it last week, and I'll say it again. Now that the month is over, I mean the. The way August went for us, I mean, he couldn't have drawn it up any better. And, you know, we kind of needed something special like that to happen, to put us in the position we're in. Now we wake up in, in September, tomorrow, I guess, and, and we'll, we have, uh, for the first time, put together a, a, a club that's in first place as we head into September. And, and uh, you know, that's a special thing. And to, to have it happen in the way it happened where, you know, we had Teo and we had Julio and Cal hit a homer, what seemed like every other day, but yeah, every single player on that roster from one to 26 and even a couple of other guys that weren't there from the start chipped in. And it was such a team effort throughout. And that's what made it feel so special for everybody. You know, one of the things we really appreciate Jerry is when you give us kind of some of that behind the scenes and the numbers and the things that you guys look at that, even the most devout and uh, sabermetric star out there outside of your walls doesn't always see from, from some of those numbers, some of those next-level numbers. How did you guys go about winning 21 games? What jumped out to you statistically speaking? Well, I mean, we three-strike one. That's the, the biggest thing. And it's really, it, if you had to write the book, what's the one thing the Mariners are about? It's throwing strike one. And our pitchers did it you know, religiously all month long and they've excelled at it all year long. And it's something that, that really we feel does give us a, a tremendous advantage. And we did that. Uh, we started to pick up hits in the big situations where maybe in, in May and June, May and June, we were struggling, you know, our everything ramped up, our runners in scoring position ramped up. We have, and I know I've said this to you guys throughout the year, you know, we haven't really struggled from day one to create base runners. We've been very good at, at, at putting runners on base. We just weren't great at converting them early in the season. And what we saw in August was guys started coming up big. And, and the dial started landing on the same guys it was landing on in May and June. And this time they came through. And, you know, it's, uh, it really changed the whole, the, the whole arc of our season. We're going to get into uh, a bunch of those players, et cetera. But before we go any farther, I just wanted to take a moment here and, and just ask about some of these injury updates and specifically the one that I know is on the mind of every Seattle Mariner fan this morning. Do we have any new information on Julio? Uh, no, nothing new, you know, other than we don't think it's a major issue. Uh, we should know more. I, I have not been in touch with the guys this morning. I'm back in Seattle today myself, a little banged up. <laughs> so, um, you know, that's, that's what happened in New York? What happened? Uh, I came down with COVID. So I am, uh, oh, I'm homesick, uh, oh. so to speak. And uh, I do think that, that, you know, the, the Julio situation should be resolved in, in days, uh, hopefully by tomorrow, but really won't know until I check in with the, the medical people. Interesting. So is this the way you uh, found to get out of having to wear the uh, Run DMC getup? <laughs> I have to tell you, I was disappointed not to wear it. I, I did, it was, 
it's looking at the, it's, that's kind of our era, you know, and, and so fun. And I, I think a, a great thing, Julio, it was his idea to, to have the team do it. And, you know, Scott happened to know somebody who knew Rev Run and it turned into a, a thing, which, which that winds up being one of those little team bonding things that, that we have run into so many times over these last eight years. And, and they're really fun. Who wore it best? Who wore it worst? I think Julio wears everything back, but just to be honest with <laughs> okay. it. You know, he looks better in things than most of us do. We, Gino. we thought Gino uh, wore it very well. Mora pointed out that Gino kind of has the right look for it. Uh, Gino also has the right look for anything, and more than anything, Gino has the right confidence for anything. <laughs> he can put anything on, and it, it looks naturally better because his confidence level right. is, is such that he can sell it. You know, I, I will reserve comment on, on who I think wore it worst, but I have to say, just that looking at some of the imagery, because I wasn't there to see it, but looking at some of the imagery and just picturing in my mind, I don't think it's something that Bone would pull off very easily. But you never know. He, he could be the one rocking it better than anybody. I mean, I saw Scott. That's, I don't know if that was a good look whoa, for Scott. Whoa. I love Scott. I really whoa. do. I don't know whether I would say Scott pulled it off. What do you think? I don't want to create, like, you know, a tension in the ranks here, but did Scott pull it off? Hard questions. I, say, I, I, I have to say, it's, I wouldn't think it's the aisle Scott's naturally drawn to when he goes into the department store, but it's, I thought he did okay with it. Hey, Jerry, you had mentioned to us a few different times Julio this year and just some of the adjustments, and, and I love that stuff. And and I'm, I'm curious, has Teo done anything different, or is this just Teo, man? And when he gets hot, you let him ride. I think the latter. You know, and, and we've learned so much about Teo. I, and, you know, obviously he has had kind of an up-and-down run and, you know, been more up than down for the last three months, really. And, you know, he was awesome in June, and we got a glimpse of what he could be and – you know, I, I think Justin hit on this somewhere over the last couple of days, and and I and I think it's spot on. It, the 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 pressure associated with a team with expectations that's underperforming as you head into the trade deadline, and the, the what that creates for the guys in the clubhouse. It's I, I've lived through that in my lifetime, and it's not easy. And you know, in, in this case, I do think that for a couple of our players, maybe. Tail most notably, just the, the the ability to relax and breathe after the trade deadline and and go about your business really did a lot. And you know he's he's killing it right now. And I you know I wish I could tell you why it it, it went up down and then up again. But this time he's bouncing even higher, which is kind of you know a thing we do is is we learn from those adverse situations and we bounce a little bit higher and. And right now, Teo has been as hot as anybody in the league, not named Julio or Mookie. So it's, uh, you know, good for him that, that he was able to do it and good for us because he came just at the right time. So how do you know? I would think, in fact, I was talking to somebody in your organization just this week who said to me that they feel like more and more the biggest challenge in baseball was just trying to determine when someone's going to turn it around or if they're going to turn it around. How do you know when to be patient with a player and when to pivot and move on to someone else? You know, usually it's work. You know, it's who's putting in the work, who's taking the time, who's trying to make the adjustments. You know, and then you're looking at underlying data, you know, like what Brock said earlier. We're always looking at what's happening under the hood. 
Are they swinging at the right pitches? Are they hitting the ball hard? Is this something, you know, this, this hot streak or struggle, is it something that stands out from their career norms? And, and, and then just try to make the best decision you can once you manage all of that information. But, you know, Teo, Teo really hadn't done anything terribly differently this year than he did any other year of his career. He still hit the ball hard. You know, he's always had a little bit of chase in his game, especially with the breaking ball. And uh, he just didn't really get those hot streaks like he like he has historically. But, you know, as I said, in two of the last three months, he hasn't just been hot. He's been torrid hot. And now when you look up, we're heading into September, and his counting stats are right on par with the things that he's always done, which is, you know, frankly, it's why we traded for him, was to deliver what he's delivering. And and throughout with, with Teo, and, and I think you've heard me say this, you're not going to get a better guy. Great smile, awesome in the clubhouse. He works his tail off every day, and he never changed. You know, and then he never blamed any type of struggle, any type of, you know, like, the three-week downturns that he might have experienced through the years, he, he kept coming right back, talking about the team game and focusing on the things that he could do. And 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 then, lo and behold, he kind of broke through, and, and hopefully he can keep it running this way through October. Jerry, you believe in clutch? I do. I absolutely do. Momentum, too, is a big thing for me, which I think we saw the uh, night before last. <laughs> you know, clutch is you. there's some guys that just know how to breathe when the moment gets a little bit bigger and you know, they, they know how to keep themselves in tune. They, they find something in themselves. And, you know, for th- those clutch moments, they, they do come up, you know, when they're happening. I, I, I'm a minor league manager once tell me uh, I, I'm a pitcher and, and I had all my numbers were, were as good as you could be. I'm striking them out. I'm not walking them. I'm getting them on the ground, but I'm not winning games. I'm never out there to win games. And when I am, I'm, I'm taking losses. And, and he said to me, there are three moments in a game where you absolutely know the game is on the line. You have to start identifying what those moments are and then react and respond. And, and uh, there are some guys that just naturally know that. And, you know, we've had more than a few of those moments in, over the course of this last month. And, and our guys have responded quite well, which tells you that they're identifying. Well, it's been fun for us. I think every single week, whether it's you or Scott or somebody, is giving proper due to J.P. Crawford uh, because I think he gets a little lost in Julio, the pitching, everything else that has been accomplished. Uh, but 7 for 11 with the bases loaded, with those two RBIs yesterday that, did, that ended up being the, the game-changing RBI, 7 of 11, hitting 636 this season with the bases loaded. To me, that speaks to exactly what you just said. Nah, JP, and this is, this is no knock to any of the other players on our roster, but truly from day one this year, he has been the most consistent player on our roster. That, you know, we've had some pitchers that have done their thing, but position player group, no one has been more consistently good than JP. And, you know, and he does it when you need it. Uh, things like yesterday stand out. Things like the, you know, what I thought was an awesome you know, play he made on a line drive back through the middle with the game on the line against the Yankees, you know, not too long ago. And, and, you know, he, he's had so many moments like that during the course of his time here that you don't even really think about it. He's just naturally that kind of guy. He's the, mm-hmm. he's the point guard that sometimes makes the pass, sometimes hit the three pointer or sometimes carves through the defense, but always gets the job done, you know, and it's a, uh, it's, it's really a joy having him on the team. 
because you know he's going to respond well in those situations. And it's, uh, that, that's how good teams go. They have J.P. Crawford. Well, it's funny. I was going to ask you uh, about J.P., and I think you probably just answered it. I was going to ask you which is most valuable to you, J.P. the shortstop, J.P. the leadoff hitter, or J.P. the leader. But just listening to you, it sounds like it's kind of all three, so maybe it's an unfair question to ask. It really is, you know, and I, and I think the, his leadership comes in so many different ways. You know, he's sometimes he's vocal, but not all the time, you know. And and I, I know in when we're watching sports movies, we're looking for the, you know, the vocal leader. JP's not really that guy. It's like the quiet pressure all the time. It's an intensity. It's a it's a competitiveness that burns all the time. While when you're around him, it looks like he's in, you know, in first gear all, all the time. And there's just, he's just as, as chill as you get until it, until the game starts. And then the, everything gets ramped up. And uh, I think a really good teammate, he gets along with everybody in that clubhouse. He's a, I think he believes in the things that, that, that make us go, you know, that we have talked about internally, organizationally for years, and it shows up in his game every day. Well, record-setting month, and it's been awfully fun for us, Jerry, to get some of the national voices uh, on our show over the course of this week. Tom Verducci was on earlier in the week. Buster Olney was on. Both those guys shared some some great stories. I know you jumped on Buster's podcast as well. But this resonated with me. This was Jeff Passan with us on a regular hit on Tuesday with Jeff Passan. And this isn't talking about the team on the field that everybody watches. This is talking about what's going on behind the scenes. Here was Jeff with us. As good as the Mariners have been at taking scrappy relievers and turning them not just into reputable big league arms, but actually good big league arms, they're developing a reputation for doing the same thing with young bats. We we saw it with Noel DiMarte and saw it with Edwin Arroyo, and both of them ended up getting Luis Castillo. Now we're seeing it with Young and Emerson and Ty Pete and Johnny Farmello is going to be playing, and Felmin Celestine. There, what the Mariners are doing right now is a really nice exercise in building a sustainable winner. Was it pitching first, and now the young bats come along? Was that the infrastructure and the plan at the beginning? That's what we always talked about, and uh, it's really nice to hear that. I didn't hear that 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 bit from the the show on Tuesday, but you know, that was the goal throughout was to, to lay in a foundation of pitching because you don't win unless you can pitch. And, you know, we understood the the dynamics of our ballpark and the environment that we play in and, and that our quickest road, you know, if I had to go back to, you know, the, the 2018, 2019 off season, when we started this, this version of, of our, of our roster building exercise, you know, in that time, you know, the goal was what is the quickest road for us to win the World Series and stay at that level of competitiveness? And and this is what we came up with was, you know, laying the foundation with pitching, start to develop. We were very college heavy early in our drafts, you know, to try to get players closer to the big leagues and fill the voids that we knew were there. And then here in recent years, we've gotten more high school heavy to, to get the kind of upside talent in your system that you need to tip the scale. And, you know, and to the credit of everybody in our scouting and player development departments, Scott Hunter and Frankie Thon and Justin Toole and Andy McKay through those years and everybody else that's contributed, 
we feel like we've really made great inroads. We've always wanted to not just win, but win in a sustainable, you know, consistent way. And, and I feel like we're, we're on that path. Uh, today is uh, the waiver claim uh, day, last day for that before uh, playoff rosters would have to be set, or at the very least people would have to be in your organization. What do we know about today's waiver claim situation? Well, I, I think we publicly know more than we are supposed to know <laughs> is, uh, is the easy answer to that question. So, you know, rather than contributing to something I'm not supposed to be contributing to, I, I can tell you that uh, it's, it's a really interesting uh, development in, in the last few days around baseball. And, and I'm sure, like you know, many, many other teams in the league, we're, we are likely to be active today. What time is that? Do we know that? Is that public? What time is that? Uh, usually it's a, it, it's about one o'clock Eastern time okay. when the, 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 the waivers are done. But it's, uh, you know, again, I, I do think a lot of that was not intended to be public information. And, you know, we obviously we can't get too in depth on, on the things we do or well, won't. Do, I won't ask you about that. I, I'm more curious about what that process looks like. What, what, how do you find out? And, and when that all came down, right. I mean, we, we had Buster on and Buster was kind of presenting it from like a, Ooh, I don't know about the owners on this, well, right? I, I don't. I, I, he, I get that you can't kind of talk about some of that, but how how do you physically find out that you've been awarded a waiver claim or who has? Like, what, what does that process look like for a team? So every day we get a waiver bulletin, and you know there are only certain people uh, in an organization who have you know who are who have access to that bulletin, and and uh, it's it, it goes out to all thirty clubs, and you find out who's been waived and what type of waivers that player's on. There, there are a variety of different types of waivers. And, uh, you know, once they go on, typically it's a 48-hour period that you have to wait and, and the claims go in. And it, it's really as simple as just pushing a button on a computer. You know, yes, we put in a claim. And, and uh, you know, and then by the time the, it, it all shakes out in the wash on whatever their, that day is, you know, 48 hours from the post, uh, they they will determine by reverse order of record. So the team with the worst record goes first, all the way back to you know what would right now be the Atlanta Braves, and and uh, whoever the first team claiming that that player on waivers is with the worst record of those that claimed him is awarded the claim, and then effectively from there you just assume the player's contract and. And, and rights. So what if you have a, what if you've claimed three players on any given day and all three of them get awarded to you? Do you have to then take all three? Yeah, so this I've actually lived through this very exercise and talked about it this week. <laughs> um, in 2007, uh, when I was with the Diamondbacks, we had, uh, you know, back then it was trade waivers, August trade right. waivers, but there were a variety of different types of trade waivers or waivers in general. Uh, you know, one of them, which is, you know, outright waivers, uh, the other is trade waivers. The, those are the two most prominent. There are also release waivers. And, you know, but back in 2007, there were trade waivers and you could routinely claim players. And you re- may remember this from your, your past in, in covering the game. You could claim players in theory to block other teams from getting that player. And, you know, it's if 10 teams selected a player claimed a player only the team with the worst record had the option of of acquiring that player so you know we we thought we were making strategic moves and you know we claimed three players on one day and the 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 phone calls to those teams to to let them know you know we're not really interested in so-and-so and 
you know, we, we wound up claiming two players we did want to add, and one player we were trying to block, and roughly the GMs on the other side of the phone said, well, you're getting them all. <laughs> so we, it's kind of like a silent auction item. Players, yeah. yeah. It was just pretty crazy. But, we, you know, we added two players, and then we wound up uh, releasing the third, which didn't go over too well with our owner, but it is what it is. You walk around those silent auction items, yeah. and you put your bid number down, you, you walk away, and you Went wonder at the end of the night, what, what do I got? <laughs> How many am I walking yeah, away fine. with? Somebody else is going to likely bid on this, right? I'm not walking away hey, with that. We only have a couple more minutes. I want to make sure we get an update on Jared Kelnick. Uh, I know we saw reports yesterday that he's in AAA, should maybe even start tonight. Where are we at with Jared Kelnick? Yeah, I think JK, is, uh, at least from from the last update, is is expected to – Provided he shows up feeling good today, I think he's going to DH tonight in Tacoma. And, you know, we'll be on our way. We'll see how many at-bats or reps it takes for him to to get ready. And, you know, these these rehab assignments, you have 21 days or 20 days for a rehab assignment. We won't take all 20, obviously, if he feels good. It roughly just tell us when you feel like your timing's good. And we see visual proof of the fact that he's bouncing back. And tonight. It feels good tonight. I'm ready to go tonight. I want my Run DMC outfit. Put me on the plane. It feels good tonight. Feel great, Jerry. I'm sure if we're winning on this road trip, I'm guaranteeing you that you it's not like last time you'll see that Run DMC. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, can you give me a little thumbnail uh, on this road trip, starting with these Mets, a little scouting perspective as you'll be home watching it like uh, all the rest of us over the course of this weekend. What do we expect in this series? You know, I, the, the Mets are right now, obviously they had a really rough summer and uh, turned into a pretty active trade deadline. And and right now I think you're you're getting the Mets at a time where they're trying to figure out what some of their roster looks like for next year. You know, but like – the way you wouldn't necessarily draw it up. We are getting the, the top of their rotation down. <laughs> so we're, we're walking in and we're facing the best pitching that they have. And, and that's always going to make it tough. Uh, and they've got, they still have some notable middle of the order hitters, guys like Alonzo and Lindor. And, and these are very dangerous teams to play who are, you know, effectively no longer in a pennant race, but they've got awesome players. And, you know, and the, that's, we have to be conscious that anybody beats you on any given day and, and while you might be getting them at a time where overall it looks like they're down, they got a lot to play for. They've got a couple of really good young players and a couple of superstars in the middle. And, you know, tread with caution. You know, we'll, we'll pitch well. I'm confident of that. And, and hopefully we execute. Then we go on to Cincinnati where they are dogfighting for a postseason spot themselves. Really talented position player club that I think is not too dissimilar from where we were, you know, three, four years ago in gathering talent they just did it in the opposite way you know they went with they went with the bats first and they're trying to wait for those arms to catch up but you know again i think we're going to see guys like hunter green and andrew abbott who are very good and and you know it's a they do have a talented bullpen and it'll be an interesting series for sure because you're going to get to see some of the most athletic position players in the big leagues between the two teams it's just a fun group and and then tampa who's been a staple and the, the trip, yeah, I guess the, the road to the postseason for a lot of years, Tampa's been on it, and we're going to have to go through them in order to get to where we want to go for sure. Real, real quick, I know you got to run, we do as well, but just wanted a quick update on Tom Murphy. Saw that Luis Torrens was back in the organization yesterday. I don't know if those two things are connected at all, but how's Tom doing in his recovery? Yeah, they're a little bit connected, but not, you know, completely connected. We, we brought LT back, you know, in, because of the, our catching depth with – you know, with Brian O'Keefe in the big leagues, our catching depth 
wasn't where we thought it should be. And, you know, we were fortunate enough to, to know LT. LT knows our systems and our people. And, you know, it, the, it just made it a, a very easy ad. Murph is actually making some progress. You know, he's into his baseball activities in, in Arizona. Uh, like Jared Kelnick, he's likely to, to require some type of, of uh, you know, rehab assignment before being activated. And, you know, unlike Jared, he's not yet to the point where we're ready to put him out there in games, and we're still taking it day by day. Jerry, great stuff. What a fun month. Uh, what an unbelievable experience. We were just over, we were talking about it, and Scott mentioned it too. The ballpark, I know is a loss, but the ballpark on Tuesday night in the fourth inning of all things with the bases loaded and just the way everyone got into it, it, it started to feel like fall, and there's going to be a heck of a September and then hopefully October after that. So thank you. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. Feel better. Thanks, guys.